This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. When it comes to your mother, you want her sleeping in a comfortable bed. When she's with me, she won't have to worry about that because I sleep on a Novilla mattress. Let me tell you, when your mom is at my place, she is sleeping on a very comfortable mattress and she is going to get you one as well. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. It comes in a box delivered right to your door, and you get 100 nights to try it out. Skip that trip to the big box mattress store and get a mattress from Novilla. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Try out the mattress that your mom tried out last night. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you want it the most, there's no What is going on, my fellow Shwilkords? What is up? It's your boy Shweezy, a.k.a. The Foreplay King. Back at it again, bringing you another best episode ever of Cancel Shweezy. The the best episode ever. I am distracting because I need to make sure something is pressed. And there's probably a little bit difference in my voice, but it's not going to change the rest of the episode. Forgot to turn on uh, a compressor. Uh, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You doing mechanics or something? Like, nuts. I record in with a compressor. Then I use another one in post. So, uh, can't you do them both in post? Yes. Are you asking too complicated of a question for people who don't know what the fuck audio is? Yes. Uh, so, anyways, welcome to the welcome back to the show, folks. I know some of you are back. You know, it's good to be back. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy on Friday. I had to. I had to wait. I did not go Thursday, but I went Friday. So I did. I did have seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and I gotta say, it's the best movie since uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Like, it's up there. I mean, they're both like ends of trilogies, and so, in the regards to ending a trilogy, perfect. Uh, which. Even even thinking now, well, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Well, I mean, like his his story ended really Endgame, but like I don't know. It just ends. I don't know. I guess it's the end of a story, but it's pretty cool. But uh, I don't want to spoil anything else for you. But I gotta say, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good shit. Uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, the only thing I want to say is so rockets. Like I've just been thinking about this, and this has made make me laugh. Rocket's uh, number is 89P13 when he was being made and shit like that. <coughs> uh, 89P13. And uh, with, <laughs> with, with that, I, I made the correlation between Les Miserables and Javert. It's like 24601. Oh, 
Valjean, at last, we see each other plain. Monsieur le maire, you'll wear a different chain. Before you say another word, Javert. I don't think this is the, the Les Mis podcast. Uh, but 89P13 is now everything I hear when, because the only one, because it's very rarely said by anyone, minus the high evolutionary. But regardless, though, uh, calling Rocket 89P13. Rocket, I ain't too sure. I'm not a man. I give you my word. Three days is all I need. Chakudi Uiji uh, is just like, 89P13. Good shit. Good shit right there. Uh, anyways, welcome to Cancel Sweezy, uh, the only podcast that wishes the force be with you, in with you as well. Uh, if you're if you're one of those people, I don't know if you're if you're more Catholic Jedi versus whatever. But uh, no, it was I had a tough decision for last week's theme. Uh, May the fourth be with you, Star Wars themes, or Cinco de Mayo. Now it would have made more sense to do maybe Cinco de Mayo this week, but I think doing Star Wars this week really also. Fig- figures that shit out as well. I think that's it's the same goddamn thing. <clears throat> you can shut the fuck up in uh, all that shit. Um, but no, may the force be with you and with you as well, or, and also with you. Uh, like the adult diapers, it depends. Depends on uh, where you are. I gotta put some Vaseline on my lippies. Okay, there we go. So. Yeah, make sure you go check out my music over wherever you stream music at. It's going to be under Sweezy. And don't forget to check out my socials as well. Make sure you're smashing the follow button over there. At the Sweezy. You know, the at sign, the word the, and then the word Sweezy. Spelled the same as the podcast. Uh, so that's that's cool. Uh, social media as well. Twitch.tv slash the Sweezy is a is where I stream video games. Uh, it's been a Star Wars week. I actually got to play uh, Lego Star Wars on Star Wars Day, so that's pretty cool, um, you know? I like that. And uh, you just wish you could be me, so make sure if you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to your Twitch account, and uh, you can subscribe to someone for free instead of spending $5. That $5 just gets directly deducted from Jeff Bezos. I guarantee that, so be cool to your school. Uh, also, we got a Patreon page. Patreon's a great way to say... Thank you for being a friend. Travel down this road back again. You know, your heart is true, because that means you're a pal and a confidant. So, uh... You bet I'm coming up in May. It's May. Uh, speaking of May, i got to tell you this. Uh, I've created my new... Instead of, like, sober October or dry January, I created Coming Up in May. You bet I'm coming up in May. Coming up in May, from what I will tell you, is where you don't drink... And you diet and exercise. And I got to tell you, I've been doing keto, back on keto. I did keto. People are like, you can't survive on keto. I'm like, well, you know, if I just start making it, getting used to it, I went from, was it February 2020 to August 2020, like seven months, doing strict keto, and then then up to, like, end of November, I just ate whatever I wanted. And then I went back on it. You know, I've, I've been able to stick with it, so I know I like it. 
uh, and I've done it, and it takes a while for it to actually gain back on you. You got to really abuse your body for it to come back to you. So uh, that's cool. That's my hole. That's where it spits. Uh, so that's cool. Um, it's cool weight loss. I've actually lost six pounds already in one week, which is a revelation to how you treat your body. If you're if you're you consume so many bad things that the moment you stop consuming bad things, uh, a week after you stop consuming bad things, you drop six pounds from your body. I'm just built different, brother. I'm just I'm just built different. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Uh, but anyways, make sure you uh, are checking out. If you're on the audio platforms, make sure you go to our YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. I cannot stress enough to all of you that you need to subscribe to the podcast, okay? Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, do the Lord's work. What is what is the Lord's work? You're maybe the Lord, Sorry, the Lord trademark work. Please don't sue us, the Lord trademark. Uh, that, you know, what is it with the word... Lord's work, it is subscribing to both audio and uh, video, especially in the video because we post highlights from the show. Uh, and with those said highlights, what happens is those get sent. I will tell you, those get sent directly to your subscribe feed, and you can share them with your friends and family. And it's a great way to say, uh, We're helping the show, we're doing our part, Captain. We're doing our part. Uh, don't be mad at us that we're doing the right thing, okay? That we're doing the right thing. So, uh, bottoms up, people. <laughs> now, this is spark. This is sparkling water. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did I say sparkling water? I meant sodi water. It's called sodi water. Sodi's water. You want some sodies? If you don't know where that's from, thousand pound sisters. Then you, again, you got some. Edu- you're getting edu- you're getting real education on cancel Sweezy, I got to tell you that. I think it's real education. But now we can say it. Here's to feeling good all the time, folks. <coughs> all right. Let's jump into previous week right now. Previous week right now, the news show from last week that has been performed in the present. So, uh, as our boy Philip DeFranco would say, let's just jump into it. All right, so we got we got a cool one from uh, Times Now News. Florida man wins all women's poker tournament ignites debate. What? Okay. Uh, a heated debate over gender inclusivity is sports and gambling ensured in the U.S. after a Florida man entered a women's poker tournament and won. David Hughes, who took home $5,555 after competing against 82 women in the $250 buy-in ladies no-limit hold'em re-entry event at the World Series of Poker's Ladies Tournament, according to Las Vegas Review-Journal. The 70-year-old Delton resident exploited a legislative loophole to enter an all-women's poker event held over the weekend at Hollywood's Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, as men are not prohibited from playing in a women's tournament. Uh, Hughes beat poker player Diana 
Kiabatan, who finished second and now has a bounty on his head. Uh, pro poker player Ebony Kenny announced a Twitter that he was putting a bounty, which is a prize awarded to a poker player for eliminating their competitor or Hughes. Dave here is the only man. While we appreciate the dead money, I really wish men would get what all what these events stand for. So I put a $300 bounty on his head and Tamara and Noah Pedret matched it, tweeted Kenny. The controversy, which the Septuagenarians wins set off online, had other poker players chiming in. It pokes fun at the idea that anybody can identify as a woman and be allowed to enter women's spaces. British male professor poker player Charlie Carroll wrote, It doesn't suck that it comes at the expense of the women's only space. I wouldn't do it. Even though I probably share the same criticism, female-only spaces in poker are really needed. Mixed poker can often be absolutely horrendous environments for women to be a part of. Poker Hall of Famer Linda Johnson said she likes the idea of a women's poker tournament and would be content not entering a men's-only tournament, uh, if there ever was one. I would have no problem if they had a tournament for 26-year-old motorcycle riding Mohawk Caracut Seniors, and I wouldn't enter it because I wouldn't qualify. 26, had a tournament for 26-year-old. Oh, okay. Qualifies. She told Poker News... This is not the first time that a male player has participated in a women's poker tournament. Abraham Krotke, a former World Series of Poker Circuit event winner, has also competed in a women's poker tournament and emerged victorious prior to David Hughes' recent win. All right, so, you know, I, I have a couple things to say here. Um, I don't like, you know, this dude's explaining the rules, but I don't know. It's like you're explaining the rules. I'm like, oh, okay, so, like, Normal people should be able to participate in the Special Olympics. I'm not calling women special needs, okay? I'm not calling women special needs, okay? Brother, this guy stinks! But, uh, I'm not saying that, but, like, you know, there's a reason the movie The Ringer exists. I met met one of the guys. I think we're Facebook friends. We we like each other's statuses from time to time. Uh, one of the guys in that movie. But, yeah, so, you know, I guess I don't really, you know, I don't like men, especially when, like, and you're like, well, actual men want to be women. I'm like, we're not talking about trans people, okay? There's a difference between trans people and men identifying as women, okay? There's a difference there. Saying you identify as something. Actions speak louder than the words. Are they get, you know, are they making makeup to cover up the Adam's apple? <coughs> you know, that means someone's, you know, if you put in the work every morning, if you put in, like, a good amount of work into perfecting like, makeup on your neck to, like, hide the Adam's apple, um, then I gotta say, you're a woman. You gotta be a woman. You get, you get to identify as a woman. Uh, that's here. Another thing's... Another thing I didn't really understand... So, if you want to consider poker a sport, you know, all in, all in. If you want to call poker a sport, I... I don't know, I feel like the physical activity counts as a sport. I, I would say esports count as that get to be called sports. But, I mean, there is different, I don't know, like, sports is, like, I feel like it requires, like, how, like, how physically you can do, and, like, I don't know, like, your physical build is kind of a big deal, and that's why they have men's and women's teams, because a lot of times, what could happen is, if it's co-ed, like that, a man could just immediately just murder a woman. Like, you're, like, look at a guy with, like, LeBron James's body, Okay, 
he would murder a woman. Like, if he, they play basketball against each other, like, she could get murdered. He's just like, just how aggressive you are. I'm like, ah, and she fell on the ground, and I stomped on her head, and she's dead now. <laughs> like, it's like, ooh. That's rough, buddy. Uh, but anyways, though, yeah, so there's like that physical, you know, like the physical attributes or whatever that come into, you know, size. And that's tip, typically why it's kind of been that way for uh ever basically like that but now we're getting into the point where like uh, like athletes are be- are becoming trans they're not like being bruce jenner like i'm gonna be i'm gonna finish being a pro athlete then i'll be a then i'll be a woman you know i bet she I bet caitlin would probably want to tran- like you know transition sooner you know you know uh but it'd be what it be uh we so but we have like that so like even then i would say even then, if I said Caitlyn back then, Caitlyn transitioned earlier in her existence, you know, and competed, Caitlyn would have crushed. Caitlyn crushed the men. Imagine how Caitlyn would crush the women. Bro, <laughs> just thinking about that. Like, oh, man, you're just like running a race. I'm like, sorry, I was running so fast. I broke the wind barrier and you fell and died. Uh, it is what it is. So, like, we're talking about, like, Physical size, there is a difference there. And that's that's the real debate in, like, the idea of trans athletes. And I feel like no one qualified is putting their voice in to what's the best. Because I think, because I think, I feel like the best idea would be uh, athletic, you know, people, who people, what's, what's the physical therapist and shit, like, you know, body types and stuff like that to really really make up a thing because, like Dave Chappelle said, probably the worst example, he said, if LeBron James decided that LeBron is now a woman, then well, should LeBron play for the WNBA then? Because if they did, they would get murdered, okay? That's, that's exactly what would happen. Uh, so, and it's like, don't be, a lot of people are just being, so a lot of people are being transphobic about it, and then a lot of people are be like, uh let the in like a lot of people were like accept their gender no matter what and I like that no matter what but it's it's when it comes to like sports like that's a whole different thing and if you cannot if you just don't be transphobic about it I feel like there could be a good discussion but none of the none of the smart people who aren't transphobic are like saying anything about it so that's a big thing but then we got poker and poker like I said you can consider poker a sport I'm probably gonna say no but. I, I'll res- I, but I respect poker as a, as a game. There's no, like, physical activity minus, like, it's all brain power for the most part, you know? It's all, it's all brain power. So are they saying that women can't play poker with men because men are too intimidating to them and that's why they lose and so, but if they play against women and stuff like that, they'll be, they could win? Which, I don't, I don't know, I just... It's what other what other thing? It's like music to me. It's like, you know, there's a lot of bands and they're all guys. Like, there's probably more guy bands than there are girl bands out there. Just to be honest with you, even girl bands have guys in the back of the band too. But you know, and like that's the thing. I'm like, uh, I would never not consider like hiring someone like a you know a woman drummer or a, a woman bassist or a woman guitarist just because of their gender. Like I would never think of them. If they're good. They're good at it. They're good at it. That's all what I think about, and that's what I feel like. Poker would be like too. You know, the, you know. I don't feel like your gender makes a difference of how good you are. It's like I don't think men 
have an advantage in poker that women don't have. Uh, you know, because, you know, scientifically, men's bodies are bigger, stronger. Women's bodies are not. It's called uh, eugenics or survival of the fittest or whatever you want to be, short mustache. Uh, it's all up to you. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really get the whole gender thing in poker, but if you have... If you know anything, please let me know. I'd be really happy to kind of know that. TBH. Okay, this is good news. This is a little wrap-up from last week. Uh, this is from NBC News. Ed Sheeran not liable in Let's Get It On copyright trial jury finds. British pop star Ed Sheeran is not liable in a copyright infringement lawsuit that accused him of taking parts of the melody of Marvin Gaye's soul classic, Let's Get It On, in his own hit. Thinking out loud, a jury decided Thursday. The jury reached a unanimous verdict, a requirement in the case after just under three hours of deliberation. Sheeran stood up and hugged his lawyer when the verdict was read with his wife, Cherry Seaborn and his Thinking Out Loud co-writer Amy Wadge in tears. Jurors said that Sheeran independently created the song, trumping every other decision they had to make the in determining whether he had violated copyright. Speaking outside the courthouse, Sheeran said, I'm obviously very happy with the outcome of the case, and it looks like I'm not having to retire from my day job after all. He said that at the time, he felt frustrated by the baseless claim. He praised the jury's decision, noting it will allow songwriters to continue to have artistic freedom. <coughs> Sheeran talked about the tool the trial took on him, saying that being in New York for the proceedings caused him to miss his grandmother's funeral in Ireland. Like artists everywhere, Amy and I work hard to independently create songs which are often based around real life and personal experience. It's devastating to be accused of stealing someone else's songs when we put so much work into our livelihoods, he said. I'm just a guy with a guitar who... Oh, I never did the accent. I'll figure it out. I'm just a guy with a guitar uh, who loves writing music, music, music for the people to enjoy. I'm not will ever allow myself to be a piggy bank for anyone to shake. Uh, Sharon said, Attorney Eileen Farkas, she's going to be from the America, I'm hopefully uh, that today's ruling gives songwriters more comfort that they can continue to create great music using the basic building blocks that were an issue this trial with a little less fear or claims against them. The plaintiff declined to make a statement outside the courthouse following the verdict. NBC News has reached out to attorneys for comment. The trial kicked off in Manhattan. Federal court on April 25th and saw a 32-year-old singer take the stand, pick up his guitar and sing in the case, juror, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Sheeran argued he's done mashups with his other songs and said, if I did what you're accusing me of, I'd be an idiot to stand in front of people. Townsend's daughter, Kat, Catherine Townsend Griffin, also took the stand and said she had never felt heard the British singer before thinking out loud. She said she didn't want the case to get to the point of trial, but I have to protect my father's legacy. First of all, we're talking immediately about the fucking Catherine Townsend. I guarantee that that fucking bitch hasn't worked a day in her life. Uh, yeah, she knows. I had to protect my father's legacy. You have to protect your own legacy from fucking uh, being a fucking rich child. And now you're like, I need more money. Sue Ed Sheeran. We can sue Ed Sheeran. Uh, and so you're like, let's sue Ed Sheeran. And it was like, yo, that song has the same chord progressions. As uh, as my song, let's get it on. You know, as whatever you know. And I, I don't know. I just fucking hate 
we're getting a lot of, you know, I want to say, call, I wanted to call them like Nepo babies, but like, uh, was I don't know what you call heirs, like, it feels weird calling a music child like the heir or whatever, because, uh, well, I guess, you know, like the Jackson heirs, uh, the, so let's say the Marvin Gaye heirs and the Townsend heirs, they're just like, well, let's ruin our dad's legacy so we don't have to work ever, you know? Anyways, though, so that, I'm glad that's good. And, no, I, I, I really feel for Ed Sheeran here. I think he's written some shitty songs in the past couple of years, but, or at least a couple of shitty songs. I don't know when he wrote them. I do think that, but I got to admit, like, as a songwriter myself, if someone's, like, someone's accusing you to that, even to that, especially to that point that, like, uh, we're going to court that you stole my song. It's just, like, as a, like a songwriter, you're like, I work to make sure I write original music, my, you know, and someone just accusing me of just ripping someone off, it's like, it's heartbreaking, like. That's rough, buddy. It's that rough, buddy, times a thousand, you know? So, you know, it's just like, heart, that's like a very heartbreaking, so just to be found right in that, like, yeah, fuck, it's like, it's just, this is just be like, hey, guess what? Fuck you. Ain't no, <laughs> just walking out of the corner, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river warm enough, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like as a songwriter, that, that's just a good thing, and I'm glad this is going to be a you know very big verdict uh, for future cases going forward in you know in music. It's it's a good thing for music, uh, and it's just you know a good stepping stone. Music history was made with that case. It involved Ed Sheeran just a uh, ginger rich kid whose who's par- rich parents helped them get their start and then they proved their talents along the way. You know, you know, it's like I'm not saying all rich kids are talent, like, I'm not saying that, like, having rich parents helps you in life, you know, but I gotta say, being talented and having rich parents, like, you get both. You hit the jackpot, like, God made you good. Uh, what was it? God, you just go up and sing, God must have spent a little more time on you. Being good looking is the third thing, but you can kind of pay to be good looking, you know? Like, what? Like, stop eating, that's free, you know? You just stop eating or eating less, you know? It's, you know, a little bit money, you know? Like, we all have money to do that. Uh, what else? Uh, no. Ed Sheeran, he's not, I mean, he's not good looking, but he had rich parents and he had talent, and rich, like, if you, if you're, you have rich parents, but you're kind of talented, but not really, like, you get, like, one hit or whatever, but rich parents in talent, you be Ed Sheeran, you be Taylor Swift, you know, that's who it is, that's who you're gonna be, living in Beverly Hills, alright, that's gone way off topic, but I'm happy, Ed Sheeran, I'm, I'm going to be upset when I listen to his album, and it's probably going to end up on the the bad albums, albums I didn't like this year. Uh, it's going to be on there. I know it's going to be on there. I mean, there's one artist I really love, like I really love, who's ending up on the bad album list already this year. It's pretty bad. All right, we're off topic. Anyways, we can move, move on. Uh, 
All right, last article we got here today. Uh, the Flash production designer says audiences will forget Ezra Miller's crimes. This is from uh, CBR, comic book resource, uh, for those who want to know. The Flash production t- designer, Paul Osterberry, believes Ezra Miller's performance on screen will make fans forget the actor's off-screen behaviors. Talking to CBC, Osterberry said Miller did such a superb job that people will forget all the negative press the actor accumulated in the last couple of years. He stressed Miller's dedication and professionalism while being under a lot of pressure. Osterberry pointed out Miller had to play two different versions of the character, switching roles every few days. According to the production designer who won an Academy Award for The Shape of Water, Miller had only three days off during the entire shoot, they filmed six days a week and spent one in stunt rehearsals. It ha- was, it has been reported earlier that Miller did his the, did their own stunts for the Flash. Uh, Miller has a history of run-ins with the law. Uh, alleged erratic behavior starting out with an arrest for drug possession in 2011, which led to two citations of disorderly conduct. In 2022, they faced multiple charges and accusations, including burglary, disorderly conduct, harassment, and second-degree assault. The parents of indigenous activist Dakota Iron Eyes uh, accused the actor of grooming their daughter since childhood and filed a protection order against Miller. Allegations of drug abuse, child endangerment, and harassment were also made in separate cases in Vermont and Massachusetts. Miller released a statement in August 2022 acknowledging suffering complex mental health issues and saying they had begun ongoing treatment. Despite Miller's legal troubles and problems, The Flash has been generating considerable buzz considerable buzz up for months. A recent screening had some participants calling it one of the best superhero movies ever. Marketing for the film has focused heavily on Michael Keaton returning as Batman. However, Barbara Muschietti, uh, one of the film's producers, insisted The Flash is still the center of the movie, with Miller being in most every scene. Moreover, directors Andy Muschietti, a uh, recently updated audience on Miller's progress, saying, we're all hopefully hoping that they get better. They, they're taking the steps to recovery. They're dealing with mental health issues, but they're well well, we talked to them not too long ago, and they're very committed to getting better. Uh, Miller's first featured appearance as The Flash was in 2017's Justice League, after cameoing as the character in Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad one year earlier. While the initial theatrical version of Justice League received lukewarm response, Miller's performance was generally praised. So, yeah, I, I was hoping... Uh, DC would do this, so, you know, I guess, like, well, see if Ezra's going to treatment or whatever. So if we all remember, like, DC, at one point, they had three options of what the hell they were going to do with the Flash. Uh, first one was just can it all together. Like, you know, throw it out like they did Batgirl for no fucking reason. I don't know why they threw it. I'm like, just fucking post it on HBO Max, okay? I don't know why you can't fucking do that. I don't care if it's bad. I'll still watch it. I didn't watch Velma, though. God, that looks real bad. Uh, Anyways, they were like that, recast, uh, keep the movie and don't have him on press, or, like, continue as normal, I guess, or put it on HBO Max. Yeah, just directly. I'm like, all right, here it is. Uh, Here it is. Everyone enjoy it, you know? And, uh, yeah, I'm glad they're putting in theaters. I'm glad they're... Glad they're sticking with that. That was a good decision. And I was like, yeah, just say he's not he's not gonna be here anymore. You know what? It was we were filming it back because I know someone did a bad thing recently, but a year ago when they filmed this, I'm like, they weren't bad back then. We can still watch them in the movie. Uh I don't care, yeah. Jonathan Majors, I'm I'm really looking into that. Like everyone's dropping him, but he's claiming innocence and he's shown some receipts already 
showing innocence. Uh, but it's like we're all waiting on Marvel uh, to do that. So, uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. It's cool stuff right there. But I just like, just like someone's like, look, I'm telling you right now, this movie is so fucking good. All right. This movie is so fucking good. I'm telling you. Everything bad the Flash has done to those families just goes away. This movie is that fucking good, okay? That's how good the Flash is. Like, okay, like, I bet the movie's good, you know? Just because someone's a shitty person doesn't mean they can't act and do a good job at a movie. Like, okay, like, it doesn't doesn't mean that, but, like, we're like, you're going to forget, you're going to forget every bad shit thing he did to you. Like, good talking to those families, you know? Uh, he's like, you're going to forget what he did to you with how good this performance is. I'm like, I don't think that's how movies work. Uh, we're like, they get great. They get great in a movie, you know. And I still think, you know, Bill Cosby was still funny, you know. Even though he was doing crazy shit, you know. Like, he was still funny. And it's like, you're not, you're not going to come up here and tell me Bill Cosby wasn't funny, okay. Dude was hilarious, okay. He made, he made us all laugh. And uh, he goes back on stand-up and I was like, oh, was so I, yeah, I've been into I've been into uh, spiking the girls. Like people are be like, what? I don't know. That's like really dirty comedy. Like there's gonna be like that's good. Like that's like that underground alternative comedy scene. You know, like that's that that's that group. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, though, like I can't wait to see the Flash and see if it's this good, as good as forgetting someone's crimes. Good. Okay. Have you ever been out in public and thought, hey, look at that fat guy, only for it to turn out to be a mirror and you are in fact the fat guy? That was the moment that kickstarted me into becoming the greatest health expert the world has ever seen. But I wasn't born being built different. Like Joe Cocker before me, I get by with a little help from my friends. And my friends happen to be today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements for to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today you can save 15% on your purchase. Go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're at the beach, you aren't going there naked, letting everyone see your little shrunken pee-pee from being in the water. No, you're wearing some sort of clothing to cover up your privates. So why would you let companies you buy products from have access to the privates of your credit cards? That's where today's sponsor, Privacy, comes becomes the clothing for your credit card information. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for a service with a free trial that requires you to put in a credit card to sign up. But wait, 
There's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You bet I'm coming up in May. Oh, you bet. We're going to talk about this. Um, so I saw Rob Anderson on TikTok. You should go follow him. He, he's been doing this series. He's been rewatching Seventh Heaven. And uh, I've been, I was like, that happened in that show? Because I remember, I, don't know, I, was, I watched that show with my mom. Like, my mom would watch it. And for some reason, my brother watched it too with her. Uh, I don't know. My dad may have been there. God knows what he was doing. Uh, but, uh, like, the Seventh Heaven, it was like, shh, shh, you can't, don't ask me questions on the commercials. I'm like, all right. All right, Mom. That's a cool, cool thing. I'm so, so glad you can pause TV now. Like, you can just pause shit. It's so nice. Uh, anyways, though, so some of you, so I decided to talk about Seventh Heaven today. I watched all the best episodes, according to the internet. And so, therefore... I am now qualified to talk about the entire series. Uh, I do, I do, I do need to. Uh, I want to watch the last episode of uh, the last episode of the show. Apparently, there's two last episodes, so you kind of have to go uh, like through there and shit like that. So here's what the show's about: the series follows Reverend Eric Camden, a Protestant minister living in a fictional town of Glen Oak, California, and his wife. Annie, as they deal with the drama of raising seven children, ranging in age from babies to adults with families of their own. So, yeah, the beginning of the series is a lot of the episodes I watched. That's where all, like, the good shit was. Because it went from being, like, Christian show to, like, kind of like a family drama where the dad's, like, a minister and, you know, whatever. It's just, like, nonsense drama, you know? people are about you know people are on all on about but like it's a fictional town and in this fictional town has two people two types of people uh god-fearing christians the god-fearing christians and the other half is just gang members just like brutal gangs uh the worst gangs you've ever seen in his life uh like it's just like the worst people drug addicts uh alcoholics like those people uh, but like the very extreme of, uh, both those situations. Like, I don't know a lot of people who are joining gangs these days, you know, maybe I've, maybe I didn't know too much about the gang, but like gangs, like in this show, cause I like look back, oh yeah, the nineties, there was like a gang prop, kids were like joining gangs. And I was like, that doesn't, you know, unless you're, you, you're either going to be in a gang, you're kind of born in it or it's, it's a, it's a long story, but yeah, I forgot how bad of a problem gangs used to be. Uh, now I guess, I guess it's not a problem anymore, or we just decided to get over it, <laughs> you know, it was whatever, so, like, and then this pastor is, like, the moral, like, conscience of everybody, which is cool, like, for the show, but the actor, Stephen Collins, uh, he diddled kids, like, and he's admitted to it, there's been investigations, he's admitted to it, that he's diddled kids, and also, that's why his hairline looks the way it does throughout the entire series, he said he actually, the last child he diddled was before Seventh Heaven. So, that's, that's, the, that's the crazy thing. But, uh, yeah. The nice thing about this show is, or not a nice thing, but I think what drew my mother into the show was the, was the fact that, uh, as, as you know, uh, it's, a very, it's a very Christian show. 
And they don't, it's good because it's like our moral grounds are Christians and it's being Christians are good. It was like really good people are Christians type of a, type of show. And, uh, the Christians are good people. And if you're not a Christian, you're a bad person. I like that. That kind of show is like what I like to call Christian fan fiction, but this is fan fiction for made up people. So, uh, and she like that because, uh, as we get into it, I want to, I, I wrote down all my favorite episodes, uh, that I watched or the goofiest ones, which are pretty much both in the same, uh, about, about, yeah, about seventh heaven and how it's basically just Christian fan fiction, uh, Christian sitcoms or Christian dramas, you know, uh, but anyways, though, it's bad and it's good because like I started to feel like all those all the people in the show are my family. I don't know. It was, it was, a, they, it drew you in. It has a way of drawing you in. Uh, but you're like, Oh, this, sh- this is stupid. I can't stop watching. All right. First episode we're going to talk about that. I think is just an infamous episode, uh, episode season two, episode four, who knew the infamous weed episode. So that's probably the most popular uh, in Seventh Heaven, watches the time the dad finds a joint and like accuses his kid of smoking. So here's how the episode goes, because I know you wanna you wanna know how season two episode four. Who knew? I watched it on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I'm gonna tell you that. Uh, the first four seasons are on Hulu, and then the rest are on Paramount Plus. I don't have Paramount Plus. I just found them online and watched them. So here here's what I wrote down for the for the bio. Okay, so first. Uh, a dude at school, so like it was Matt and then just other dudes like, hey, you want to come hang out? And Matt's like, maybe, I don't know, I got to study and do stuff. I'm like, all right, man, uh, if you can, just let me know. And he's like, okay. And oh, yeah, here's a joint. And so the kid just hands him a joint. People don't usually give out joints like that. What they do is like they'll pass you the joint to smoke it. Okay, so that's how, that's that's typically how uh, that would work. Uh, the guy just gives him a joint and Matt just like puts it in his pocket for some reason. He's like, okay. Uh, and then like when he gets home, he pets the dog happy, best character in the show, happy. Uh, and the joint falls out of his shirt pocket onto the ground. All right. Then happy puts it in her mouth. I think happy is a her, uh, just sorry for my microaggressions. If I got the mis misgendered, uh, so, and then like, Put it, put it in her mouth, and then dropped it for the dad, who freaked out about it. So then the dad, then they go to their room, to and then they talk the mom and the dad. I think, uh, yeah, I think Annie. Annie's the mom's name. Uh, so like they go into their room, and then they put just put the joint in like her dresser, like the mom's dresser. And then Mary and Lucy uh, are looking through mom's jewelry for some reason. So they go to the drawer and they see the joint and they think they're dead. So now they think the mom's smoking, smoking weed and all the kids are. And let's not forget the kids. Uh, was it Matt, the oldest one? He was just pounding down cookies. Uh, then there was Mary who just had, who eyes were red because uh, Lucy uh, burned incense and, Remember, burning incense what? is to cover up the weed smell. I actually used incense to actually make places smell good. Um, maybe maybe that is why you use incense. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, it was Matt's joint, but he never intended to smoke it. 
It went from the, the Matt's pocket to the dog to Pastor Diddler, uh, then to Mother's uh, dresser. Then Mary and Lucy found it, put it back. So they think their mom's smoking weed. The dad's wondering which child is smoking weed. Uh, and then in all the middle of that, Annie, the mom, confessed that when she was a kid, uh, she smoked weed once. And Pastor Diddler about just lost. Like, I can't believe you you did this to me. I'm like, okay, it's weed, okay? Y- y'all should just calm the fuck down. It's weed, okay? It's like, they're like, there's meth in our house. I'm like, that, okay, that's a bad thing. Um, weed, whatever, shut the fuck up. And so there, there's a big confrontation in the living room with every, every, the whole family, even baby Ruthie. And you know what, I'm going to say it. Ruthie was better younger than when she got older. They're trying to make her, like, the smart person. I don't know. Uh, so we have Ed, the whole family's in the room. And so uh, Pastor Diddler pulls out the joint. Does anyone want to explain this to me? And then uh, Mary and Lucy are like, uh, Mom, I, I, Dad, I'm sorry I have to hear this, but we found that in Mom's dresser. Uh, we found that in Mom's dresser. And then Dad's like, I know. I was the one who found it. And then she put it there. And then the kids are like, oh, it's relieving. And so that leaves Matt being like, fuck, now it's me. He's like, and then they had a fight without talking about it. And he left. Then he went to the church to pray. And their dad and mom went to the church to pray too. And they saw him uh, monologuing out loud, confessing about what happened uh, in, in regards to, he was like, I never intended to smoke it. It was just given to me, you know, like the actual backstory. And, uh... The whole thing's resolved. It's all, it's just all resolved. Uh, So that's the infamous weed episode. Therefore, I say, here's feeling good all the time, folks. (sighs) Okay. Okay, so that's that episode. Next one, season one, episode 10, last call for Aunt Julie. And at first I thought it was, they, they were calling her Judy. And I was like, oh, I have, I have two Aunt Judys. Uh, true story. My mom has a sister named Judy. And my dad has a sister named Judy. That's all it is. I have two Aunt Judy. That's like the whole story. It's just very common name at the time. So anyway, so this is Pastor Diddler's sister, Julie. So she comes to town, fun Aunt Julie, you know. Uh, giving the kids cool gifts and shit and having fun with them. Uh, but turns out she has a drinking problem. Aunt Julie has a drinking problem. And so, like, she was sneaking over to the liquor cabinet. And then, uh, shit hits the fan when Simon, Simon was a little kid at this point. And he's like, I got the key, Aunt Julie. And then so they're play, you know, they're playing around or whatever. And Aunt Judy, like, like pulls him up and, like, slams him down trying to get the key. And, uh, and they're like, Aunt Julie's an alcoholic. She's like, leave our house. And then find her at a bar. And so basically that's what happens. So that's how they learn uh, that Aunt Julie, uh, you know, she basically uh, lost her job and her partner. I think they said husband or partner to, uh, to her alcoholism and that she's sick, you know, shit like that. So like, yeah, you realize she has a problem. And so, they could have made a really good lesson of, like, how you treat a family member who has an alcohol problem. Like, you, like the best thing would be to get help. And, you know, and to a degree, this Christian fan fiction did uh, help Aunt Julie get help. But uh, instead of taking her to the hospital because 
alcohol withdrawal uh, can be very dangerous. I've never gotten to that point in my life of drinking. Uh, I, I've been sober. For, I haven't drank alcohol, alcohol in a week. And uh, so, uh, yeah, just basically with withdrawal, that could be really bad. You can have seizures and shit like that. So it needs to be done in like a hospital or whatever. But Pastor Diddler was like, nah, she'll just check herself out start drinking again. Uh, so we're going to do this in our home. And so they lock her in the home, have her detox, and she has crazy outbursts like, Gollum, I hate you. He hates us. You know, just like weird shit like that. Uh, so they detox her, and apparently it works, and Aunt Julie is never seen again on the show. I don't think they ever do an episode again with Aunt Julie. Uh, I think Aunt Julie died shortly after the show. Uh, back when shows didn't have to follow continuity. Uh, then there's episode, season two, episode two. The, I do, these are out of, like, in random orders. Uh, so, uh, see you in September. It's, like, the first day of school. Ruthie likes to wear her hat backwards. <coughs> and, uh, the school has a policy against, like, gang-affiliated, uh, fashion. So, with her hat backwards... It's really bad. She's in a gang. Uh, it's kindergarten, first day of kindergarten. She is in a gang. Uh, that's what that's what happens. Ruthie, the small child, is in a gang. Uh, then a kid named Peter McKinley. That's, so that's just R- Ruthie's arc throughout the episode. There's way too many storylines throughout each episode. So if, I only really go over some of my favorite ones. Uh, so some kid named Peter McKinley is going to jump off his apartment building. Uh, and, you know, the cops were there because they saw a guy about to jump off a building to kill himself. And so they're like, Pastor Diddler, please come here because you're the Christian moral conscience of our community. He's like, I'm on my way. Uh, So he's trying there to de-escalate the situation uh, with a child, which is also weird. Uh, So, yeah, they do that. Uh, Oh, yeah, and Simon, also in the episode, Simon... Uh, brought his kitchen silverware to school, like his like the kitchen knife, like a knife he'd use to like cut steak or whatever with them with a chicken. First of all, don't don't you don't need that kind of knife for chicken. And anyways, so anyways though, yeah. But with the kid jumping off the roof, he the reason why is because he didn't like the clothes his mom was buying his mom's kitty foreman too. He didn't like the clothes his mom was buying him. That was mon- that was probably one of my favorite. I was just like, I, you thought like these, your clothes are fine. No, I'm not. I look like a fucking dork. And then like pastor's kind of, pastor diddler's in the background. I was like, yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, then there's episode, season three, episode eight, no sex, some drugs and a little rock and roll. Uh, the infamous episode where Simon gets addicted to coffee and, and he gets in that, uh, Mary also, Gets uh, hooked, almost hooked. I think hooked or almost hooked on a pill. It has, what, what did I say? It has like an ingredient in it. And it's like one ingredient away from meth. And it's just like, yeah, you can just buy this in a health food store. I'm like, okay, I don't think, I don't think that's true. And I like a, oh, is it like a health food store that was like two trailers that are put together? That is that a, that health food store? Um, if I say that, yeah, that's probably the health food store you buy this from. But it's, like, normally packaged drugs. And, like, theoretically, yeah, they do look like they could be bad uh, or whatever. Uh, But, like, yeah, basically meth and pill form, which I always thought, uh, like, Adderall, isn't that meth and pill form? Like, for ADHD, like, just just a little bit of meth. Just a little bit of meth to help things out. Uh, Yeah, so uh, 
But oh yeah, but in this episode, Pastor Diddler's old uh, rock band. He was in a rock band apparently. You know, he's like a pastor who who has gone to college, so he is an intellectual an intellectual pastor. Uh, he went to college. But he was also in a rock band. He gave up up the rock band career to uh, to be a pastor and have a family. And uh, yeah, the, it's a very big band. He he thinks they're smoking weed at one point. Let or not, it just turns out he's smoking cigarettes. He's like, you better not be smoking weed in my family-friendly neighborhood, uh, even though I've diddled kids uh, and shit like that. And, yeah, it's just cigarettes. But, yeah, we don't smoke weed. We haven't done that stuff in years. Uh, even though, like, the show's in California, and, like, I've always known California to be very pro-weed. Like, they they were – I think it was, like, Colorado may have been the first. I also hear Colorado's very pro-weed, too. But – uh yeah, like California, and they're like, yeah, they're just called by like the brand, like the what the type of leaves they are, or whatever. And it's like that's a indica martialis or whatever. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, they just call it by the name. Uh, it's like got some indica. I don't like the more specific. Also, way too much weed. Like for how many slang terms there are for weed. We got to slow them down, folks. We can't make... We're, like, making up new words. Toke? I learned toke was one last night. That's not... We got to figure new shit out. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. Uh, yeah, so this show's not very pro-weed. Um, season 6 of 13, it's, like, one I had to go out of my way to find. Uh, it's called Drunk. Simon... So Simon, Simon went to a party, and he's like, yeah, you know, he's not really the kid. He's like, I'm not interested in drinking... Then, like, kids, like, trick him into drinking, like, spiked punch, you know? And he's he's drunk till he gets home. And then, like, his siblings are able to sober him up or whatever. But, like, yeah, they, like, the parents find out and shit like that. It's like, Simon's like, I made the decision on my own. I was drinking it and got tricked into drinking it. And I just left it in my body. I didn't immediately try to throw it up. But it might have been absorbed into my bloodstream at that point. I was like, okay. Okay, Simon. Oh, that was a cool episode. All right, season four, episode seven. All right, so this episode's called Sin. Simon gets caught by, like, oh, yeah, Simon, like, it's like, him and his friends are just goofing around, and, like, and then he flips off his friends. Like, look, I did it, too. I did it on camera. And, like, what Simon did, like, broke his mother's heart. Like, what he did, it's just, like, his friends goofing around. It's not, like, even doing it, not even using it in the, he's kind of using it in the right way, but not as in an offensive way. And then uh, Ruthie then decides to go, like, flip off her brother Matt. And Matt almost has a heart attack, too. So, like, uh, flipping people off in uh, Seventh Heaven Universe in this small town probably is probably is just at probably worse, pro- worse than cancer, I would say. Flipping someone off is worse than cancer. So that's I think that's probably why. I, I remember, like, flipping people off isn't as bad as it used to be. It's just because, like, every band has a photo of them flipping you off, you know? It, it is what it is, and the episode's called Sin, too. Something else may have happened in the episode. I can't remember. I didn't, I didn't write that part down. Uh, the last one I think I have is Season 2, Episode 12. That is Rush to Judgment. Um, this one's a weird episode, so it's just a... It's, it's kind of sad, but also, what? It's kind of weird, too. So the church treasurer, he took $2,500 out of the church account uh, because he, he needed some money, like... He was going to get the money, but, like, he needed it earlier than later. So he took money from the church bank account and then 
the, what the treasurer was going to do is like once he actually gets the money or whatever, he's going to just put it back. Hopefully nothing happens. But uh, Pastor Diddler's wife, uh, Annie, she looks at the church computer and or like her the little laptop they have that's like the chunkiest thing you've ever seen. And they're like, see, it looks like $2,500 is missing. And they're like, oh, no. And then the guy reveals he took the money and was hoping to get it back in there before anyone found out is because he has – an autistic son who needed to move into a new care facility. Like, and it's the autistic son is like, he was secret the whole time. Like no one knew he had an autistic son. Like he was just there. Uh, so they needed like money in advance to get him like a deposit into a care facility or a waiting list for the care facility. And, uh, yeah. So he was just hoping to switch it out, which like kind of sad and kind of like, Luckily, like, obviously, like, Pastor Diddler, like, understood. I'm like, I'm sorry for this, but you're still still welcome. You're still the treasurer, uh, you know, like, at least, you know, next time we can figure it out, you know, if you know what I'm saying. But he was, like, a very honest guy, so I feel like he kind of already knew the guy. So all is good as well. And, uh, oh, yeah, and I guess um, also in the episode, <laughs> uh, Mary was getting groomed by the basketball coach and uh, – and, uh, yeah, Matt felt uncomfortable, and then uh, Lucy uh, saw, like, him give her a hug and felt really uncomfortable. The teacher was also kind of a dick to Matt, so it was, like, double trouble. So, uh, very cool, a lot of cool shit going on there. So, Mary was getting groomed by the basketball coach. Like, all I have to say is my final thoughts on Seventh Heaven is that, like, the amount of shit, like, trauma these children have gone through is astronomical. Like, like, this is a matter of trauma. Like, this is, like, 13 episodes of intervention, 13 different cases into, like, seven children. Like, you know, usually, like, it's, like, two or three things that happen that push them over the edge. Like, there are more than... There are so many traumatic events that happen in these kids' lives. Like, it's sad. But also, this is fake, so who gives a fuck? <sighs> all right um my mouse is being weird all right just to top off this segment uh peter pan and wendy is like a new thing on uh disney plus and i decided to watch it because i'm a cool guy and uh, i was like I, I came in and i'm like this is gonna suck this is gonna suck ass but i'm gonna watch it anyways um i've aren't the edibles the edibles kicking in we're gonna we're gonna get into Peter fucking Pan, you know, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, like, and I was expecting it to be bad, but it was all right. I think this movie was all right. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even finish the Lion King and I fucking love Donald Glover. I love Beyonce. Uh, even love the fucking Lion King. I couldn't even get to that one. It's weird. Um, just a forewarning for anyone going into the movie, <coughs> getting ready to watch, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, I will tell you that, and with the Lost Boys group, there is a kid with Down syndrome in it. Now, I don't care that he has Down syndrome, but he didn't really have any lines. He may have had one, and I missed it. But, like, he didn't have many lines. He was just in the background. And, you know, I actually encouraged some Down syndrome people in, to be in the Lost Boys. I actually like this change. But it's just weird when it's in the background. I think you should have given him a line 
just to be like, this is normal. This is like, he's talking, he's like talking. It's just like when he's in the background and you're like trying to focus on the scene, then you seem like that guy have down syndrome. You know, it's like, I hope someone gets what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like, yeah. Like I like him being in the movie. I just think they should have given him a line like very early on just cause it's, yeah, like, you know, it's like, it's kind of, it's like something's not right here, but like there, it's okay to be you know, I'm not talking anymore about that. But I do have to say Jude Law, I like Jude Law a lot. I like him as Dumbledore. I've even liked him in Marvel stuff and, uh, and other stuff he's done, I guess. I like, uh, uh, I guess he's doing Star Wars soon. Uh, but like as Captain Hook, I mean, like he was a good Captain Hook. I will say that, especially for this role. I think he was a good Captain Hook. But I think Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook from Hook, that's the best live-action Captain. Like, it was hard to do that. Like, that's why it kind of took me off guard seeing Jude Law's, uh, like, Captain Hook. You know, it just looks like a normal pirate, like, that would be in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, You know, I thought all the actors were good. Like, I thought the kids did fine uh, and shit like that. But uh, they did... Disney, uh, modern day Disney fight, uh, some changes I saw from the original. And if you remember, the original did have some offensive stuff. If you watched the original on Disney Plus, it's going to give you a little warning. It was not fine then, and it's not fine now, which is a good warning, which how you know. That's why Disney wants remakes of them. Like, the, the, uh, the, the pro-LGBT, uh, Disney or whatever, not this offensive shit, like, just super racist, uh, so yeah, the Native American, the Neverland, it's, you know, it's pirates, mermaids, and Native Americans, that's all the, you know, that's the population, and, like, a small group of boys, uh, that's Neverland for you, that's the pop. like, don't, don't question why it's the population, anyways, though, so, yeah, there weren't, they didn't really have any, uh, and a lot of Native American scenes are just like, that's Tiger Lily. She's from the Native Americans. The Native, and I don't even know if you can call them Native Americans if they're not in America. So that's cool. It's a cool little, cool little deflect race, which I, that's probably a good change, too. Like, let's smoke a peace pipe together. I'm like, we you know we're trying to sell this to children. So we're trying to, trying to keep that late rating low so we can get more people in the theaters, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's cool. So that's, that's really cool. So, uh, not racist. It's not racist, Peter Pan. Uh, it's not racist, Peter Pan. Uh, we also got like a Captain Hook backstory, which I probably was made up. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if the, all the hair, the Peter Pan lore. Sorry, folks. I know you come to me for expertise, but I let you down. <coughs> so uh, Captain Hook, he was basically Peter's best friend, and then. Uh, Captain Hook missed his mom, so then his mom, his real mom, didn't take him in after he left Neverland, and then he was cast away at sea, and he was raised by Shmee, uh, Jim Gaffigan Shmee, which is like the coolest part of the movie, and uh, yeah, he got raised by pirates, and then got back into Neverland, and has vowed to kill Peter Pan, and. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the Hook's backstory. So Peter was a dick, and they tried to. He grew up bad, and yada 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 yada. 
another change that was just weird, I thought, it was just like Tinkerbell had to kind of be with you at all times for you to have the ability to fly and even levitate stuff to some degree. So that was a weird thought. I just thought like he just, he just knows how to fly. He can just do that. Like he knows how to do that. <clears throat> he can just do that. <laughs> he, he can just do that. But no, that's not Peter Pan. I would do his, uh... But then I had I had this idea. And I think it'd be cool. Instead of, like, the live-action Disney remakes that are kind of made for kids and kind of adults to be into, why don't they do a more... I'm not going to say, like, dirty or raunchy or even dark and mysterious, you know? Like, uh, dark and brooding, you know? But, like, a more mature like sort like a mature Peter Pan story. So I don't know how they would make that. And like, I'm not giving anyone a script or just, you know, just a more mature retelling of these stories, like a mature Alice in Wonderland. I think maybe the other one could be, but I don't know. That's, that's my idea. I think that's a cool idea. Make like a more adult type remake of a movie. And then they could make it a little dark too. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. Make it a little, a little dark and spooky. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh, it's a, it's a lot of fun indeed. Have you ever cracked open a cold one with the boys? The vibes are on, then all of a sudden, you are out of cold ones? Though the vibes are still on, the vibes will soon go off because you are out of cold ones. There's no need to drive when you're under the vibes. That's why today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to make sure that the vibes continue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's uh, saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee. So using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You're not a boomer who still goes to what our ancient civilizations called a store. You buy everything on the internet like a modern individual. What if I could tell you that you could be saving more on your purchases by only making a few clicks on your computer? That's where today's sponsor, Honey, will change your life. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in our description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo code, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It's 100% free and at no point will you have to pay for it with all of those many, many microtransactions. It's as simple as pressing a single button and you can start saving money. Not using Honey is basically throwing money away that could be saved for more important things. I recently had to get business cards uh, for myself and Honey literally saved me 60% on a, like a pack of 500 business cards, it was amazing. Add the Honey extension to your browser today for free by using the link in our description of this episode. And when you support, uh, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! Alright, it's time for Oh No, Our Table, the part of the episode of Cancel Shweezy where I solve all of your problems. So if you have a problem, if you ever had a problem, you think a problem happened, give a Give old Shweezy a little DM over on Instagram. Well, that's going to be 
coolest way to do it. Uh, you're gonna be behind all the hot moms in my DMs, but uh, you know me. So, uh, anyways, let's just get into the first question. Does watching femboy porn make me gay? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Okay, um... So, I, I want to say up front here, the the educational portion in my brain, uh, that the, the brain inside my head probably doesn't know all the knowledge uh, that is that comes with a femboy. Um, I always assumed, so I'm assuming, so if I get this wrong, sorry for my aggression, my microaggressions, but uh, I was assumed a femboy is a guy who generally liked being presented in a feminine light. And so, men who look feminine, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if gender has anything to do with it. Um, but anyways, though, uh, that's what I think femboy is. And, yeah, if you're watching femboy porn, it's like two femboys fucking each other. That's, that's really gay. All right? I think that's so gay, it's like double gay. I think that is double gay. Uh, now... Maybe you're from another country, and uh, this isn't translated well. Uh, what have you said? Is it gay to watch trans or transgender porn, maybe? Maybe that femboy is the wrong way to put it. Maybe, like, is there, does watching trans porn make you gay? Huh, so, that is also a very good question. Here is the mindset I have. Um, I think, I generally think that the idea of there is, like, gender you're attracted to or whatever. It's like, I think that if you're attracted to women and you say, and you find a trans woman who is attractive or whatever, that is not gay. You're just attracted to a woman. Even if they were born a guy, they did a lot of shit to make sure they look like a woman. They look good enough for you to want to fuck. That's also true, too. Like, they put in the work to make sure you want to fuck, like, a you know, you want to fuck them, uh, just a straight guy wants to fuck them, I think they pass as women. I think they're fine as women. I think they will pass as women. Uh, now, then we get into porn. I, I'm going to generally say, uh, no. I'm going to say it's not gay to watch trans porn. Uh, all right, but it is gay if you like watching the guy suck the dick, though. Like, suck dick, though. Like, you know, if it's... If it's like a guy, yeah, if he looks like a guy, it's like a guy, no, I'm not saying the trans person, the trans person looks like a woman, you hopefully, and then, but they have a dick, and so it's like, uh, but you like watching the guy suck dick, uh, that could mean that you like sucking dick, but you're not attracted to men. So therefore, uh, what would I say to do that? Like, you're not attracted to men. Uh, find a trans woman, like, perfect for you, you can suck Sucker dick and uh, be all happy about it. So, uh, is trans porn gay? No. Is femboy porn gay? That is gay. Uh, you like a very specific type of man, which makes you gay. And remember, being attracted to a male or a man or whatever you want to call it is a mental illness. I don't care what gender you are.
nice little sody water. Uh, the second question we got here. Am I, am I overreacting to an unsolicited dick pic? I am talking to this guy for about a month, maybe. Haven't met or talked on the phone. Things were going well until he said he was in bed horny and sent me a live D-pic on Snap, and I told him that wasn't cool because I don't like unsolicited pics. I didn't say I was in the mood or wanted anything sexual. I told him that I lost interest in getting to know him because of that. Am I going too far? Should I let it pass this time or just cut it off completely? I don't mind chatting with him, still just kind of put put off because of it. Alright, so, so he sends you a dick pic. And honestly, I feel... And as a man who's never sent a dick pic, because I don't know why I assumed it had to be small when you sent the picture of your dick <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I've never sent one, so I, I am very proud. Like that, that is one of my proud moments in life. I'm like, I'll just just go to her house or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like, we'll, go to your, you know, you just go over to her place or whatever. So you figure that out. I don't need to send her my dick. She has to see it in real life. So she's like. Oh, it's bigger than, looks bigger in person, you know? Uh, so, yeah. So, but then there's guys who just send it. And uh, the weird thing is, the weird thing is normal people who's in, who send their dick pics are usually from horny texting. But this wasn't horny texting. So, um, I'm going to be honest with you. This, you're probably not the first person he sent his dick to. There are There are guys out there, okay? What? There are guys out there. And I'm just saying this, who have sent multiple women their dick, like pictures of it. They've sent multiple women that picture. And I will say, when there is that guy who sent it to multiple people, who is this first? You know? That's a Hallmark movie. Guy who sends dick pics finds the first girl he sent his dick to <laughs> next year on Hallmark. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's around Christmas, too. He's like... I'm trying to find the first woman I sent a dick pic to. <laughs> and it's like, Alyssa, Alyssa, you look so beautiful. I don't know why I said her name was Alyssa. Uh, it was just like, Alyssa, Alyssa, I have to tell you, came all this way. You know, I've sent a lot of dick pics throughout the years. But yours is the first. You're my first. And I always knew because you were my first, there was something special about you. Wow, this thing really plotted out. Just going by every movie ever, just do the same thing, but then add the woman he's seeking is uh, the woman he first sent a dick pic to. That that really got fleshed out less than five minutes. That got fleshed out in less than five minutes, and uh, that is saying something. Anyways, back to your problem. Uh, we have... Uh, so yeah, I would say, I would say give him one more chance. All right, just one more chance. But like, you know, he's lost his first. Like, you get two chances. You know, like if you accidentally do something against someone, you know, like you fucked up. You know, uh, you know, you forgive him. But then you know, they continue to do that shit. You know, that's the bad part. You know, you, you know can't be like that. Can't be like that sometimes. But no, I would say uh, give him one more chance. If he does weird shit again, then do that. Uh, hopefully, you can just go to each other's houses. I don't, I don't understand 
why people can't figure that shit out unless you're in high school. And and then I don't condone any of this if you're still in high school. Uh, But, yeah, like we're saying, for the adults to do it, just go to fucking, just go somewhere, dude. Go to a shitty hotel, put some, like, just put some new sheets, you know, buy some new sheets. What is it, like, you could buy, like, sheets for, like, ten bucks, and then find, like, a $30 motel room. (laughs) And then just put the new sheets on the bed. And then go to town. You, You can disrespect those sheets, too. Okay, you don't have to be fucking sending dick pics, okay? I'm not, I've never been that horny. I've been horny in my days. I don't think I've ever been that horny. It's cool. Just That's cool. Let's keep talking about my life, okay? I have been taking singing lessons my whole life, but I'm still not an exceptional singer. How do I do... What do I do now? All right, figure that out. Well, hitting the mic. Uh... I started singing lessons in elementary school. I have always wanted to be an amazing singer like Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Hudson, Celine Dion, Aretha Franklin, etc. I'm not. I would say I'm a good singer comparatively to Billie Eilish, but I'm not amazing. I want to be amazing. All right. You, you compare your voice to Billie Eilish, and that's actually, uh, I'm going to guess, you're maybe high school-ish or just out of high school around there, somewhere in high school. And say, and uh, yeah, and the majority of the music, like Olivia Rodriguez, the lady singers, you know, the young, them young and lady singers. I'm like, they're, I'm like, there's like a 10 year difference. I'm not that much older than them. Uh, but as we say, though, yeah, a lot of the younger singers are singing like, I know that you used to call me every now and then. It's like singing, but it's very soft, whispering. I knew that to see. Don't you know I'm no good for you? You know, I learned to lose, you can't afford to. It's very soft singing. Like, I don't sing like that. I'm like, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. So that's how I sing. Uh, so, you know, it's just very, it's very vocal control. I think a one thing I say is someone who's gone through voice, you know, I, I went to college for it. Uh, one thing I can say about the voice is if you want to, the one thing, the one way to be a singer is a thing with being a singer is, uh, you kind of have to find your own voice and in finding your voice, you have to understand kind of what options you have in regards to how you want to sing. You know, Tom DeLonge sings, where are you? And I'm so sorry. And I could go to a gig, you know, and just play, uh, like, let's just say, let me just pick another song, like the middle. I just take some time and a little, little bit and I've gone lie. Everything, everything will be just fine. You know, you sing like Tom DeLong. I, I have the active choice of, hey, I'm going to sing every song like Tom DeLong, But I'm like, nah, I'm going to sing kind of what feels more natural to me and kind of more vibrato, loud type of singing. That's kind of what type of singing I've really liked to do. And then you come down from the mellow parts, too. Uh, but I've also enjoyed like the very close up singing, like "Don't You Know." Uh, got my driver's license last week. It's very soft, whispery, and very recorded, kind of very close to the mic. I got my driver's license that week. Very close because it's not a lot of reverb either uh, going on in that. So, yeah, I would say learn how to do impressions. And so, uh, how would you sing? If you want to sing like Christina Aguilera, how what would be your impression? 
of singing like Christina Aguilera and then going from there. And then I would say, don't really try to copy their voices, but try to, uh, make your own voice out of that. So you're very soft and quiet. You know, Livio Rodrigo does that too. And then, uh, good for you, you're the copy and healthy. She really uh, belts it when she goes there. So, like, yeah, no. I was saying just finding your voice, like, uh, like do an impression of Christina Aguilera and then make it your own and make it like your own unique thing. And so, uh, you win some, you lose some, uh, put that together and you can make, you can make anything your oyster. Where do we draw the line from some kinks, fetishes, and fantasies? All right. All right, here's... I think where we draw the line... I don't even think... Where we draw the line with kink, because I think a, I think the real big thing is as long as everything's consensual and everyone's into it, in regards to kinks, fetishes, and fantasies, uh, I think in regards to that, like, really... We we truly have to draw the line of, like, what you can do at just, like, as, a, as long as everyone's consensual about it. And, uh, yeah, I'll just say that. And uh, some people make up a weird scenario. I'm like, all right, I'm not, I'm not thinking that far ahead. Um, and then, so I think, there we go from that. From what we draw the line of with doing, <clears throat> I would say with whatever everyone's consenting to and in for that, you know? Everyone's contending that's where we draw the line is uh, everyone getting consent. Uh, but now, there's also that. But I think the real question is, where should we draw the line with having to, with being open and public about your little kinks and fetishes? That is also a real question I think we should get into. And I think um, the, we, we can draw the line at not having to talk about it at all. I don't think... We live in a world where I need to know everyone's kink. Hey, my name is Sam. Like, here in a circle, is like, all right, we're going to all introduce ourselves. Let's go, like, uh, give us your name, uh, your, where you're from, and then also your your fetishes and kinks, you know? Uh, we're going to go in a circle of death. I'm like, all right, my name is Sam. Uh, you know, I'm from, I grew up in a small town in Kansas. Uh, and uh, my sexual kinks, I would say, I'm really into MILFs. I'm really into MILFs. That's what I'm into. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, and uh, then yeah, then we then I learn everyone else in the circles uh, favorite uh, all their kinks and stuff. We don't need to know. I, we don't need to know anyone's kinks. Uh, the fact I said that I'm into milfs. I like I like that milf porn. Even though I'm like I'm like thirty, and it's just like women, uh, women like ten years older than you. And it's just like, it's just that. That's all it is. So uh, we live in a society. I feel like a woman, a real woman. Uh, so yeah, I think we should draw the line with, uh, knowing, uh, with, uh, we don't, we don't need to, no one should have anyone's fetishes. Uh, I don't even care how tame it is. He's like, I like to kiss my wife as I, uh, plug it into her missionaries. I'm like, that's your kink? You know what? Great. You know what? And guess what? Still didn't want to know about it. So... Yeah, that's where we draw the line, I think, in both contexts of you you can do and should I have to know about it? The true answers. Why can't production companies just use scab writers and keep production during the strike? Isn't Hollywood full of would-be writers trying to get their scripts in front of producers? All right. 
Maybe the idea of people trying to get their script read is just a trope, but my impression is that there are way more people who want to be film slash TV writers than there are jobs. Why aren't the studios using scab labor when seemingly half of the baristas in LA want to be writers? Would there be implications for scabs and companies who hire them down the line since writing is credited? Would being a scab writer hurt your chances of getting hired later? Would unionized writers refuse to work for producers who hire scabs? Cabs. Okay. I am not a writer in Hollywood, so I cannot speak firsthand, but I try to understand uh, the situation. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I think they want real writers, and I think the writers' union uh, is definitely a, uh, a big, you know, it's a big thing, and it's definitely a good thing. In regards to uh, Hollywood writers, I think I think unions in general are great. You can join like a music union, but I don't even know because it's like your own gigs and shit. Uh, but no, it's like it'll. I don't know. I haven't even helped you. I know Actors uh, Guild or like the Actors Guild, Actors Union or whatever is good because helps actors get like health insurance and stuff like that. You know, and I think they just pay their dues and shit like that. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so you know, and uh, yeah, going against unions is bad because the idea of a union is workers, we're going to unite together and we're going to make sure we have leverage over the company uh, that we're working for. And so that way they can't just control our lives and make us uh, miserable and, uh, you know, the opposite of slavery. Uh, so that, and so it's kind of like a negotiation, a big hand and no hand. And then if they go on strike, everyone just goes on strike and uh, then they have no workers unless they get scabs and scabs are seen as people who have no morals and are just sad and are desperate and shit like that. So uh, you don't like scabs. And definitely if it's a studio hiring scabs, uh, it's going to make, you know, definitely the writer's union, you know, in L.A., uh, people are not going to want to be associated uh, with the scab company. So, like, the writer's union, like, yeah, no, you don't do gigs here or whatever like that. And, yeah. And most of all, I think the big thing is uh, there's like most of the create all these are creative people versus not creative people who handle money. It's all it's all that like that's all it is. And so it's basically oh, whatever. God damn it. Something made me lose my train of thought. You have, you know, uh, going over everything and. uh making sure you have leverage. Oh, yeah, and so if they don't work for them, they're not going to get good actors. They're going to get non-union actors. Like, uh, if you look at any of the Darman uh, shit, you know, like, they're actors working there on strike, and they don't hire union actors. So usually, typically, with union people, you probably get more quality, too, because uh, for the most part, I guess. I think, yeah, what I believe for the most part is they do, uh, you know, they look out for you and, uh, they show like good quality people you work for because it's you know the uh, higher quality a person is, the you know the more expensive they should be and, and it just makes it that way. The union just kind of helps it make it that way. So, uh, yeah, but I think the the real cause is they need, uh, to, I don't know, some weird type of update or something, uh, because everything's moving to streaming now. Like, you used to get royalties from, like, syndication or whenever this played on TV or stuff like that. But now that it's streaming, it doesn't, like, necessarily count like that. Because, yeah, uh, it's just technically doesn't count like that. I don't know how 
fully works, but looks like everything's very reasonable and just needs to be updated for the modern age. And uh, until we have that, everything's going to be delayed or kind of shitty. And all right, see, the, the last one was in like the 2000s. I remember like TV at the time. There was just like everything was just kind of off a little bit, and that was why. So uh, cool stuff. So <clears throat> hiring scab riders hurts the production companies. <clears throat> Definitely a lot, <clears throat> and just you know, and a lot of a lot of the scabs in this situation are not the big talents, you know. The ones will do anything, you know. Cool stuff, neat. Uh, what was it? What was it? Cool stuff, slick stuff, neat there stuff. All right, sold a guy. I wasn't a virgin, but I am. How do I take it back? Okay, so looking at the title. Told a guy I wasn't a virgin. I'm not a virgin, but you are. Okay, so you're, you are a virgin, but you told a guy you weren't. So I'm 23 years old, female, and I'm talking to this guy from Tinder. He asked for my body count, and I said three. The answer is zero. Anyways, I didn't want him to know I'm a virgin, but we're hanging out tomorrow, and I don't want to start anything on the slide. Is there a good way to take it back? Okay, so... Alright, so this guy takes your virginity, just let him. That's that's just first of all, just as long as he's nice to you and shit like that. Don't like if he's a monster, don't just don't let him do anything there. Uh also, uh what I would say, body count. Asking for the fucking body count? I've how many people have you been with I mean, that would never ask that question to any woman ever. I just assume she's been with some. I've been with some. We're gonna call it good. Like I don't care if she's the thro- if she's the throat goat. I'm gonna be really excited. Uh, and I also don't think I don't know. There, there's a difference. Uh, nut inside of is kind of weird, but I don't know. I can't get too. If I get too picky, things are gonna be gonna get too bad. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess if things start getting a little more serious, I don't think this is going to be a heartbreaking uh, thing. I don't know. I guess it's even even now I get programs like she's only been with one other guy. I'm like jackpot. Uh, so I think I don't know a lower number is better. So like he'll probably think it's better. He may not like it, but yeah, you know when things get hot and heavy, you know what I'm saying. Woo. <laughs> Uh, you gotta, what else say? He's like, I'm actually, this is actually my first time. I lied. I, I just lied. And then he was like, oh. And he's gonna, his boner's gonna be so big, he's not gonna give a shit. Like, unless, if, unless, if, if his boner drops, then, yeah, you're, you, you missed it. But I'll say, good 85% chance, I think. If his dick's hard, he'll forget, he'll be okay with it. Uh, so I don't think that's anything, uh, I don't think that's anything to worry about. But if you want your first time to be special, maybe a tender hookup is not the best one. Maybe get a get a boyfriend. Like you're a woman. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know here. Uh, there's a lot of you're fine. You know you're you're fine. Uh, I don't know your weight. Sorry, sorry. I don't know your weight. But uh, uh, even then, I think you'll be fine. Uh, my six hundred pound life. Those those people are always getting <laughs> always fucking. Uh, but no, yeah, and then do that. And uh, remember remember my best idea. Uh, go to a store that has Magic the Gathering things, go to the Magic the Gathering table, say, I've always wanted to learn, but, uh, I've never had anyone to teach me. You're going to get swarmed with guys, pick one that's not smelly. There you go. You have a perfect recipe, uh, to a good boyfriend. Uh, because that guy, 
will not know how to... You can walk. He'll stand up for himself, but you, personally, will be able to walk all over him. I think that's... Isn't, is that the thing women want? A guy who'll stand up for himself but won't stand up to you? Is that a, is that a positive thing? Some women like it when you stand up to them. No, you better sit back down. He's like, yes, daddy. And you're like, oh. Daddy. Um, anyways, though, yeah, I think, I think the answer to that question has been, has been said. All right, and our last question for the evening. Uh, Man proposes and God disposes. Uh, if she knows I like her but didn't want to date at the moment, why, why is she now teasing and flirting with me? All right. Uh, let's, let's, see. let's see her predicament. We're going to break this down because that was a lot uh, for me to go through. I would be like, why do I have hemorrhoids? But like, here's what's going on. Be like, uh, a girl cheated on me, and then now she's now she's flirting with me. What do I do? I'm like, I gotta I gotta puzzle this on out. Uh, she knows you like her, but she didn't want to date you at the moment. Why is she teasing and flirting with me now? All right, so you're kind of in the situation. I want to say it's like backup boy. You're you're in backup status. And I've known a lot of girls who, like, will go back to a guy all the time, and then they just break up, and it was just whatever. I don't know. It's just whatever. It was like, you're nice to them, and they don't really, you know, they just break up all the time. Uh, it's like that. Uh, maybe something like that. Uh, you're kind of a backup boyfriend to her. She doesn't want to date you right now because she's possibly interested in someone else. Uh, someone else entirely uh so that's that's cool. That's uh that's the cool stuff. Slick stuff, neat stuff. All right, you know. Uh so she's keeping me on backup and so she likes to tease. She likes to flirt. She likes to do that stuff. That's fun to do with the opposite sex. It's just fun to do, okay? Fun to do. And so she wants you to do it back cuz she's wanting to do that at the moment. Probably not set. If you can get if you can fuck if you can, if you can successfully do, she doesn't want to date you at the moment, but you guys are still. If you can, you can fuck her, dude. I'm telling you, that's probably the best situation. Fuck your way into her heart, okay? You gotta, you gotta learn some foreplay from me. You just gotta continue checking out the show. That's all you have to do. I am the foreplay king, and uh, yeah, buddy. Like I'm telling you, all you have to, if you can, if you can, if you can have passionate romantic sex with her. When you're doing all this teasing and flirting, you know, you can do, if you get in there, you know what, you can, you can bone your way into, into her heart, you know, show you the meaning of my heart, yeah, ah, what a, what a beautiful wedding, what a beautiful wedding, says the bridesmaid too. Yes, but what a shame, what a shame. The poor groom's bride is a... If you're saying along with me and you said whore, you're a bad person. Speaking of ending, that's how we're ending today's episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much for clicking on my dumb fucking face and deciding that you wanted to check me out, whether it's listening to me through the speakers of your car, from the from the Google Home or the Alexa in your life or from the, your TV or computer or phone on YouTube. Thank you 
for tuning in to Cancel Sweezy. What a beautiful, that was a beautiful sentence, okay? I believe that was beautiful. <clears throat> but anyways, though, thank you. Follow me on social media at the Sweezy anywhere you get social media. Sweezy music, hoping to release new music soon. Big things coming, if you know what I'm saying. Woo. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast as well, twitch.tv slash the Sweezy Thursday, Star Wars Lego, Star, Lego Star Wars. Been doing that shit, so hang out, Patreon page. Great word to say, thank you for being a friend, you know. Travel down this road back again. It's true, you're a pal and a confidant. Thank you for that as well. Uh, we also do have free shit you can do. Like I said, subscribe to the show. If you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you're subscribed. We're especially one of those subscribes over on YouTube as well. So if you're on an audio platform, make sure. I'm looking at the camera right now. I'm looking at you. Uh, making sure that you are subscribed to that. So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. And, uh, yeah, just just subscribe and leave, leave us comments. So honk if you love butt drugs. Stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. You are now one of the smartest individuals who will ever exist in our world. Uh, if you like that episode, make sure you subscribe, whether you're watching this show or listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we release full new episodes as well. And if you're on YouTube, smash that bell button. That way you get notified anytime we make a post over here on YouTube. Uh, honk if you love butt drugs and uh, yeah, stay awesome.